This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, there was plenty of talk this week after it was announced uh, the tax regime on marijuana once it's legalized. We'll look at about a dollar a gram plus GST, but it was the split of that tax uh, that has some provinces questioning uh, exactly how that might work. A 50-50 split proposed by the federal government, but at least in B.C., our finance minister is saying, wait a minute, that might not be fair since it's B.C., it's the provinces and the municipalities are taking on the bulk bulk of the responsibility when it comes to finding ways to distribute marijuana, sell it, police it, what have you. Well, Chris Sims is the BC Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation and joins us on the line. Chris, great to have you on the show this morning. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, What is your response uh, from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation to uh, the proposal as far as taxing marijuana? That's a great question, and it's actually something that we've uh, put over to our thousands of supporters across Canada, and their opinions are mixed. It's everywhere from those who still aren't comfortable with the idea of having uh, legal cannabis uh, sold across the country, all the way to libertarians who say, why are they taxing it at all? And so while we understand that uh, different levels of government are going to want their piece of the pie, our main concern is, one, that it's going to be taxed too high and just used as a cash cow, but two, that if they tax it too high, they'll tip that price over into the illicit market. Meaning, if you're a person and you want to buy marijuana and you're used to, say, spending 10 bucks a gram for your very favorite weed, your very favorite cannabis, if governments get in there a bit too hot and heavy and they wind up having too many taxes on it and you need to go into a big lit, bright store that is full of cameras and all this stuff and everything's on the record. We're worried that if they tax it too much, that they're going to drive the price up too high and they're going to scare people away from engaging in the legal market of cannabis. And we're worried that it's just going to create an illicit market around it. The same that we see happening in some areas of Colorado after they made their marijuana legal. Apparently, in some cases, you'll walk up to some legal marijuana stores and you'll be approached by people on the street trying to sell it to you cheaper illegally, or they've got the best stuff, or they've got different sort of stuff that isn't as controlled and regulated. And so it's a really complicated problem, and we understand that it's going to take a little while to get used to. We're also pointing out that it's not just, like you said, the province and the uh, the feds, but like you pointed out, the municipalities are jumping up now and saying, hey, we're the ones that shoulder about 60%, they say, of the policing costs and uh, trafficking costs and all that sort of stuff. They want the money, too. So now if they need to increase that, that $1 on the gram of weed sold, then that, we're worried, is going to make it cost too much money. And so every time we hear government talking about how much of a windfall of taxes they're going to be getting out of Canadians, no matter what they're doing, we're always concerned about it. And so we've been talking directly with the province of British Columbia here uh, here in Victoria. And so we're, we're quite concerned about it. But so far, so good. We like, we like seeing some of the proposals that are coming forward. And that July 1st deadline is uh, looming very quickly. And you mentioned Colorado, and I think there there has been a bit of a learning curve in some of the states that have done this in that they did realize the taxes out of the gate were too high. And that's exactly what happened. People were finding it elsewhere and weren't paying the taxes. And I believe in some cases they even lowered it and realized they needed to do that to make it work. Exactly. And so what I've been telling uh, folks who will listen and those in government who are quite responsive so far in B.C., I will say, 
is that if we look at July 1st more as a soft launch rather than, hey, starting this day, you have to have everything perfect. It must be in place. Everything must be going guns a-blazing. Um, if we look at it as a soft launch and then figure it out, at, you know, what's the best tempo, what's the best mix of taxation versus actual price versus the illicit market, then we'll be able to figure it out more. There's also this tricky question of what do you do with folks who, say, aren't connected, I guess, somehow with Hells Angels or really heavy-duty organized crime, but who have nonetheless been selling marijuana all this time illegally, but they're, quote, good at it. How do you bring them into the fold, make them legal, and bring them into the the open market, the real market, the true market, and away from the black market? Is there a way to properly integrate those folks who aren't hardened criminals and who aren't physically hurting anybody, as they say? Is there a way to bring them into the market and blend them uh, more easily rather than trying to reinvent the wheel and winding up stuck with, say, one or two government marijuana providers, whereas if you make it more of a free market, uh, you'd have a lot of different uh, distributors and suppliers. Uh, there certainly are a lot of questions. I know it was raised uh, in the last couple of days as well uh, with the tax. If the tax is also applied to medicinal marijuana, uh, the fact that people who have been using that all along now face higher prices also. Or if they manage to get a tax exemption because it's quote-unquote medicine for those folks who are using it for medicinal purposes, then are you going to have a rush of people who then want to go get a prescription for their marijuana? Because in the end, after a few months, if you look at your balance sheet, it's cheaper for you and you're saving taxes. Uh, Some folks may not know, but during prohibition in the United States and different pockets of Canada, depending on areas, During prohibition of alcohol, people would get prescriptions for alcohol. In fact, Winston Churchill, when he visited the United States under prohibition, got a prescription for alcohol because he needed his alcohol, and you get it from a doctor. And so that has obviously gone the way of the dodo. People don't do that anymore, with alcohol at least. And so we're wondering, how are we going to, you just pointed it out, balance the medicinal marijuana demands and needs for those who need it, these patients, and those who are using it recreationally? And how do you make sure that folks aren't simply signing on to medical marijuana to get it cheaper, or punishing people who truly need it because they're ill with higher taxes if it's medicinal. It's it's a fascinating and complicated question. Uh, it is, and my guess is uh, when you use the idea of a soft launch, my guess is that the questions won't all be answered by July 1st, uh, but we'll certainly see what happens. Uh, Chris, we'll chat with you again about this, uh, I'm sure, but thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. I do, too. It's, it's one of those topics that you, the more you think about it, the more complicated and interesting it gets. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out. All right, Chris, thanks again so much for your time. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.